We have an awesome God, and His love is so much greater than we can ever grasp fully. Um, thank you, Jesus. You know, God is able to do so much more than uh, we ever hoped or imagined. And you know, sometimes my own hope, my own expectation isn't as great as what God uh, can do. I, I, I struggle to have faith sometimes, and I was tempted to say it before, but I thought, no, I'm not going to do it because uh, the kids are still in the room, and I just wanted to... I was, I was put to shame, you might say. <laughs> the other, uh, over the last few months, Sally said to me, Dad, can, can we do something to raise money for African Action? And she's talked about all these different ideas and things, and uh, she just went to school and said, I want to run a, a, a sale where everyone brings stuff and sells stuff, and we raise money and give it to African Action. And she like she talked to me for ages, I didn't do anything, so she just did it. I thought, good on you, Sally. And, uh, and she, they raised $80, I think it was, last week at that sale. And I think, praise God. And I thought, God, give us faith to, to step out, even when your dad doesn't necessarily <laughs> hear what you're trying to say, or others don't understand what, what God's stirring in you. But keep committing it to God. Trust Him to step out with what He's called you to. Um, I was talking to Vi during the week, and last year uh, they run the caravan park, and they, they have a lot of people come through town on the way to the falls. I don't know how many were there last year, Vi, it was lots. Um, and Vi's like, wow, we've got all these young people going through to the falls festival. We've got to tell them about Jesus. And I go, you're awesome, Vi. <laughs> and, and Vi's just set up this little, little mini festival last year on the, before they went to the falls festival with Richie and some other guys that helped out and they had some music and they, and they, and they sung songs and they shared with people about Jesus and others came and cooked barbecue and did different things and Vi said to me the other day, Andrew, can we get more people that want to just come and share about Jesus on that night, to just come and be at the caravan park, play some songs, have a barbecue, share about Jesus and it's like the, 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 the pre-falls festival happening at the caravan park uh, just to tell people about Jesus. I'm like, wow, boy. That's awesome. So if you want to do that, talk to Vi. <laughs> but God, help us. God, give us confidence to step out with faith in what God stirs us to do. You know, God's put a vision in your heart. God's created you in a certain way that is different to me. And it's different to the person beside you. If we all did things in the same way, we would miss so much of what God wants us to do. He's created us with different characters, different personalities, and he wants us all to be bold and step out in faith. We can, we can ask others to join us in that mission, but he's called you to perform a function that no one else can do within his body. I just want to encourage you, those things that God puts on your heart, talk to someone about it, ask them to pray about them, and then by God's strength, by God's grace, is believed to be able to step out into those things. And uh, who knows what God will do? And Vice says, Amen. <laughs> This morning we're finishing our series on the Reformation and uh, I've so enjoyed this series and I thank you for those who've uh, had feedback on, on this series and the way it's helped you uh, to understand the Reformation and even in your own journey, in your own faith. And this morning we're talking about solo dio gloria and I cannot speak Latin so my accent is French I think. Um, <laughs> glory to God alone. The Reformation, what it all boils down to is that it's all for the glory of God alone. And this morning, my, my heart has been so stirred as I've read and prepared for this morning, and I feel like I, I, I cannot 
do justice to this whole topic. Uh, it's only by the grace of God that we can understand what it means to live for the glory of God alone. And how exciting it is to be able to live for the glory of God alone. But by God's grace, Lord, help me to share what you want me to share this morning. Help us, Lord, to, to grasp the awesome, awesome privilege it is, Lord, that we can live for your glory. God, I just thank you for every person here today, that you would use us, that you would give us boldness. Lord, so many of the prayers throughout the, the, the letters of the New Testament talk about praying for boldness for believers, for workers for the harvest to be raised up. And Lord, I pray this morning that even through these words that you would raise up workers for the harvest with boldness to go out and to speak the truth about who you are, that you might be glorified in these days, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I uh, wanted to share just a really quick story uh, with you. Uh, who's finished exams? Yeah. yeah, any other adults finished exams? <laughs> All the ones that didn't put up their hand and going back to study next year, sorry, I forgot. Um, <laughs> Has anyone ever walked out of an exam and gone, yes, that was awesome. I'm going to get a 100% on that test. And you're walking along and you're sort of going over it in your head and you sort of think, you have one of those moments of going, oh no. And you're like, hang on, that wasn't even asking that. And you've done your whole essay in the, in the, in the exam. Now, I'm sure none of you guys did this. Um, don't don't, don't be, anxious, be anxious for nothing. Commit your worries to God. Um, and you walk out and you go, oh my goodness, I think I'm going to fail now. You thought you did so well, but then suddenly you have this revelation and you're like, oh my goodness, what have I done? And you feel hopeless and useless and I'm sure you don't feel like that too often. But um, I had this moment where I, I can't remember the details or maybe I've intentionally blocked it out for fear of embarrassment. Um, <laughs> I, I went somewhere to speak one day and uh, I, I was praying about what to share and, and really ha God put something on my heart to share and I, I I spoke and I've got to be honest, when you preach, sometimes you, you speak and I'm sure anyone who's ever preached or spoken from the, in front of a group, you, you speak what you feel to share and then you stand, step down and you think, I have no idea how that went. Has anyone, anyone ever spoken? Yeah, I can see lots of hands. Anyway, that day I got down and I thought, yeah, I nailed it. Like, that was awesome. Thanks, Jesus. Like, glory to you, God. But then as I sat down, there was this moment of going, oh my goodness. <laughs> no. <laughs> but <laughs> as, I, as I went to sit, sit down in my moment of victory and celebration, I, I go to sit down and I realise, oh my goodness, my fly was down that whole time. <laughs> I thought they were laughing at my jokes and they were just laughing at me. But uh, suddenly I felt very humiliated and... Um, God had a way of bringing me back down to earth and saying, Andrew, careful now. Uh, now, I've checked many times, so I don't need to check right now. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, in life, we can so often try so hard to impress people and to gain people's approval when, to be honest, they're not even really watching. I read this quote. Actually, I was going to read the whole thing, and I didn't bring it. Whoops. Uh, Okay, I've got this quote on the screen. In the word for today, um, back in September, I read this. And I've missed the rest of the context, so sorry, I can't read it. But basically, he's saying Paul didn't boast about who he was. Um, and he's talking about when we come to maturity, we worry about what others think of us so often. 
But as we become mature, we realise that most of the time they aren't thinking about us at all. They're too busy thinking about themselves or worrying about we think of them. <laughs> now, I want, I want some people to reread that. Um, if you're worried about what people think of you, chances are they're not even thinking about you. They're more worried about what you're thinking of them. And how stupid is this crazy cycle we live in? God help us to not be worried about what people think of us, but just to do what God's put on our heart, to, to be the people God's created us to be, no matter what sort of stupid mistakes we make along the way. The Reformation wasn't just about seeing the poor released. It wasn't just about helping the oppressed, but those who were giving all their, their money to try and buy salvation or, or be forgiven. It wasn't just about correcting doctrine as much as it was about correcting doctrine. It wasn't just about staying, uh, standing against Rome, about, against the Roman Catholic Church and the hierarchy and the Pope. It wasn't just about those things. Ultimately, it was about helping people know God and glorify Him. That was the ultimate goal of Luther and other reformers, that it wasn't just about truth, it wasn't just a fight for truth, but it was that people would see who God is, that they would hear the true gospel, that they would understand His love and give Him glory because they know who He is. Those who know Him glorify Him. And next week we're going to begin a, a new series looking at the names of Jesus to try and discover more about who Jesus is. And as we know Him, we, we can't help but glorify Him. And the Reformers were, it wasn't just a fight for truth's sake, it was a fight for truth that people would understand the truth, that they would be set free from lies, and that they would give glories back to God because they would see the true, God, true gospel, that it's only by God's grace, that it's through faith in Christ that we have salvation. It's not through our works, it's not through a priest, it's not through anything else but Christ alone. God is our source, He is our strength, God is our hope, He is our comforter, God is our, our ever-present help, God is the one who saves our souls, God is the one who strengthens us, God is the one who gives us every breath, that last heartbeat you had, God created you and formed you and sustains all things. God loves you and we have access to this creator God to come boldly before His throne of grace, it says in Hebrews 4. It says we can come boldly before God and present our requests to Him. Now just think about that, the creator of the universe, the God of all creation, who knows everything, everyone, everywhere, cares about you, and I was talking to one of the youth the other day that he cares about the little things in your life, whether it's a lost hubcap off your car or whatever else that might be going on in your life, that he cares about you and you can boldly come before him and talk to him. What an awesome, glorious, forgiving, gracious God we have. It, I can't verbalise how amazing he is. And the Reformation was about saying that we have access to God through Jesus Christ. You can come before Him, you can know Him, you can have relationship with Him now and in eternity. 
And it's not through a priest, it's not through something you do, it's through Jesus Christ alone. And it was through that, uh, th- through that time that the, the phrase, the, the, we're a kingdom of priests, became, no, or became common. That we are a kingdom of priests. It talks about in 1 Peter 2, verse 4. You are coming to Christ. It's only through Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. Now, we have some, some trusses out on the grass out there to start building the hall. Woo! <laughs> Extensions, starting Tuesday. There's some little hiccups this week, but it's starting Tuesday. But the cornerstone is the stone. I'm no ancient builder, but the, the cornerstone is the stone that, that set the direction for all the other building. Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple, was rejected, he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests through the mediation of Jesus Christ, not through the mediation of your good works, not through your, the mediation of the high priest other than Jesus, not through any other person or thing, through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. If your trust is in him, you will never be disgraced. He is for you, not against you. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. That is Jesus. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. If they will not come into alignment with Christ, if they will not listen to Christ, if they will not hold to the truth that is Christ, they will stumble and fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, a royal priest. A kingdom of priests, some translations say, a royal priesthood, another translation. A royal priest, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show, that person beside you, you, point yourself, you can show others the goodness of God. For he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. God has called you to live for His glory, to point people to the marvellous light, to the marvellous truth that is in Jesus Christ. Once you had no identity as people, but now you are God's people. He has adopted us into His family through faith in Jesus Christ. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. It's not a progressive thing that we need to earn God's justification. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You have received His mercy. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, in other words, living on this earth, our, our home is heaven, but here on this earth we are aliens, temporary residents and foreigners, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. You know, you don't need to get, live a good life to earn salvation. You don't need a good life to make the church look good. God's called us to live a good life so that the world around us might see Christ in us. 
then even if you if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Now, I don't know if that honor is going to be given to God when they're finally aware of their sinfulness and they fall down on the day of judgment. Or maybe through our honorable behavior, they'll see Christ in us and through us and, and give their lives to God. But all creation is created to declare the glory of God. God desires that every person would lift up the name of Jesus. On that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God. We are a kingdom of priests. We can enter His presence. We don't need a a high priest. He's talking about priests that in the Old Testament, there was a priest who would would go into the, the Holy of Holies. There were certain times and certain people that could enter that place. But now the, the temple, the, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And now we can all enter into God's presence. We can all have relationship with God. We can enter His presence. We don't need anything else to happen. Jesus has done it all. We can come before Him. We can enjoy life with Him. And we are to point others to Him. We're a kingdom of priests. Every person who has put their faith in Jesus Christ is called to be a a priest of God, someone who helps others know God's presence and goes into God's presence and, and prays for people, tells people about God for the glory of God alone. He alone is worthy of all praise. He alone is worthy of our worship. Something else that came out of the Reformation was uh, a a passion and a joy to worship God through song. Luther himself was a, a, he loved to sing and he he wrote songs and he translated songs and there was a a boom of of songs to give praise to God around the Reformation time and to give glory to God. Previously there there was singing involved in the worship but it was probably in Latin done by one or two up the front while everyone else just sat there and listened. But Luther and the Reformers said, it's, it's not right for one or two to give glory to God. We want to join together in song and, and give praise to God because He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. And I want to say there are no special holier-than-holy God people that have a, any greater access to God than you. We are all equals, brothers and co-heirs of Christ. You don't need to go to someone else to ask for their special prayer. You don't need to have the pastor pray for you. There's times when the Bible tells us to call upon the elders of the church and there's, there's times to call people to come and pray with us. But we all have an equal relationship with God. There is no hierarchy in relationship to God. In the, in the times before the Reformation, there was... There was this understanding of those who were close to God who could, who could commune with God and they would intercede for us. But that is not what the Bible teaches. We all have an equal stance before God in Christ. You're called to pray for the sick. You're called to pray for your neighbour. You're called to share the gospel with those people you know. You're called to teach and to encourage. I was chatting with Sam 
uh, through the week about youth and, and oh, sorry, she's up there, uh, about youth and she'd been chatting with some of the young people and just hearing their enthusiasm and excitement about Jesus as they're having revelation for the first time about who he is and what he's done. I'm like, yeah, it's the most awesome thing. And as we're talking, I said to Sam, I said, you know, If we become a Christian and we never get the chance to follow up a new Christian, if we never sit with a new Christian and help them understand who Jesus is, we are missing out big time. Jesus has called disciples to come and make disciples. And if we never sit with a person and explain who Jesus is, we can so easily get so familiar with the truth. But if you sit with a new Christian and you talk about the grace of God and they're just like, wow. And there's tears filling their eyes and they're going, this is amazing. How did I not know this before? It does something to your heart and you think, Lord, help me have that freshness of revelation again. And if you've never done that before, I pray that you'll have opportunity. And I would encourage you, if you see a new Christian in church, it's going to be like a race now. And you're going to be like... Can you come to my house for lunch <laughs> and, and, and catch up with a new Christian and say, hey, can we read the Bible together? And as they come for lunch, you can get the Bible out because they'll think that's what you always do because you're a good Christian person. And you can open the Bible and read something and talk about it. And what a privilege, what a joy, what a blessing as we share about Christ together. We're a kingdom of priests. It's not just for the leaders. It's not just for the pastor. It's for all Christians. Amen. I'll say it for myself. <laughs> We're a kingdom of priests for the glory of God alone. But I've got to say, sadly, there's things that came out of the Reformation that were not great. There are so many things I, I thought about talking about this morning, but I thought, no, you can read that history yourself. I'm just going to touch on it. <laughs> you know, there's things that Martin Luther said himself that I would have to say were not good. There were things that he said that were used by Nazi Germany to, to validate what they did. And there are so many things that, were, that came out of the Reformation that were, were not great. And you know what? It just tells us all the more that it's by God's word alone is truth. We don't say Luther was a great man. He, had, he, he started the Reformation. Let's just listen to everything he said. You know, Andrew, he's a, he's a, he's a nice guy. He, he preaches and, and says good day sometimes. And you know, I was just going to listen to everything he says. No, check it against God's word. And in the Reformation, there was, there was all these other Reformations that happened alongside the Reformation. Some people, kind of, it was like the springboard of people that were, uh, had issues with other things in the church. And they said, yeah, the Reformation, let's get rid of Rome. Let's, let's start our own church. And they said, and there was all these different little offshoots. It's like, yeah, we need to do it this way. And we're going to start our own Reformation. And Luther said, no, that's not what I meant. And, and there's an Anabaptist who said, no, we shouldn't be baptizing infants. And they started their own Reformation. And then there was the Calvinists. And then there was these ones. And there was these ones. And there was these ones. And there was all these people that started these different movements of belief. And some of them were great. Some of them were good. And then there was others who said, the Catholic Church won't let me marry another wife. So let's say that's not right and start our own Church of England. And other things that are not to say any particular one was worse than another, but um, <laughs> there were some that used the Reformation purely for selfish and political gain. 
There were some kings and, and, and governors of land who said, yeah, if Rome's not in charge, maybe we can be in charge of all this land and I can own all that stuff instead of the church. This sounds good. We're going to have our own reformation. And they use it for their selfish gain. But God, help us to stay true to the gospel. Let it be for God's glory alone. Let reformation be about truth and helping people find truth that they would glorify God. Um, there was issues about around the Lord's Supper and around baptism, around worship, around artwork, around all kinds of different things. And so often the, it wasn't even the actual practice itself, it was the belief about what the practice itself meant. And they killed each other over it. You've got a reformation that was all about bringing glory to God alone, and then you've got these believers who start throwing stones at each other and burning each other at the stake. It's like this is meant to be for the glory of God alone. And my heart breaks the fact that so many people around the world see these wars in the past and say, yeah, that was all about religion and God and, and how God made all, those Christians made all that happen. When many times it was people using religion for their own selfish gain. We must hold to the truth but confront false belief in love. And when brothers and sisters in Christ disagree on something, Let's, let's come together, let's discuss the things, let's ask God to lead us forward, and let's never start throwing stones at each other. There's no glory given to God when people look in at the church and see people fighting and arguing of what colour the chairs are or what colour the paintwork should be. Or There is no glory to God given when we fight amongst one another. Let us be for the glory of God. We're called to be a kingdom of priests, to teach truth in love, to help people find life, love and forgiveness in Christ. I just want to read a couple of things briefly. 1 Timothy, and if you read through the whole book of Timothy, it's interesting the way he tackles false teaching. And we just want to read a couple of verses out of it. He says in verse 3, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to, to stay there in Ephesus and stop those who are te whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussions of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculation which don't help people live a life of faith in God. In other words, whatever you do, let it be about helping people live a life of faith in God. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience and genuine faith. Paul's intentions that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a genuine faith, a faith in Christ, in Christ alone. It's interesting how he goes on in the rest of 1 Timothy. The first time he says, stop those who are teaching false doctrine. He just says, stop them. And he goes on and he says, uh, teach them, show them what is true. And then you've got in the last chapter of Timothy, he says, have, have nothing to do with them. The, the, the change, he says, don't just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. If they continually oppose the truth, teach them, help them to understand, but if they will not, they will not understand the truth, then turn them over to, to God. One other passage says, turn them over to Satan. If they refuse to come under God's word, then 
put them out of the church. They, they are not following the truth. John 12, verse 20, 42 to 43 says, Many people did believe in him. So this is in the time of Jesus. Many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. I think there's a warning for us there. If we will not speak up about our hope in Jesus, who is our faith in? Whose glory are we living for? Whose praise are we trying to seek? Is our life for the glory of God alone or is it for our glory and for our praise, for the praise of people? Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. It's only by God's grace through Christ for God's glory. 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 15, he says, As grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. I think, Lord, help us to see more and more and more and more people in this city come to know Jesus, to know the true and living God, that thanksgiving may increase, that glory would be given to God all the more. Let that be, let, let that be our heart's desire. One more verse in Romans 11, sorry, what's that? Four more verses. Three, four, five, six, four. Romans 11. How great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? And who has given Him so much that He needs to pay it back? For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever. Amen. God help us to live for His glory. Our, our mission statement here at CFC is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to live the power of the gospel in our own lives. We want to know the freedom in Christ that Jesus died for us to have. We want to know the fullness of life, the, the, the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives, to live it and to communicate the power of the gospel, to tell other people about what Jesus has done for us and what He wants to do for them, what He has done for them. And it's all through Jesus Christ. We want to live it, we want to communicate it. There's things on the back table there about our vision and how it's being outworked, what we're doing as, as groups and departments, it's all connected back to that, that mission of living and communicating the power of the gospel if you want to see the things that we're doing or maybe pray about how you can get involved, uh, you might want to grab that. Actually, I meant to ask a couple of volunteers. Can I ask you two guys to just run up and grab? We have a form. Thanks, guys. <laughs> there's, a, there's a form on our back table, and I hope we've got enough, about how you can get involved in what's happening here at CFC, not just so we can have nicer programs, not just so that we can do more things, it's for the glory of God alone. Yesterday I watched a, a video about a guy who runs a hotel business and he was talking about how 
his, his staff, he tells them that, he starts off by the, their initiation training, he stands up the front and he says, he's the big CEO guy, he walks in the room there, all the newbies, he goes, I, he, he had a German accent, so I'm going to try and do that. Um, now I'm going to fail dismally, aren't I? <laughs> he said, I am a very, very important person. He says, but I want to put that in context. So are you. He says, if, if you don't show up to work and wash dishes, if you don't show up to work and, and greet the, 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 the guests, if you don't uh, make the beds, if you don't do those things, this place will fall in a heap. He says, if I don't turn up to work, probably nothing will really happen. Um, but you are important. And as a kingdom of priests, as a, as a church, we need every member of the body to have their function, to, to have their place and to be doing what God's called you to do within his body for us to be effective as his church. And he was so passionate about how his business should run, about serving people. And I, I was brought to tears thinking, God, help us have this kind of passion for the church, that we would love people, that we would do everything we can to serve people, to help others know Jesus. As we do what we do, whether it's uh, doing morning tea and you're serving coffee and you maybe you've got a lot of other things to do this afternoon or whenever you do it, realize that you're doing that for the glory of God alone. There might be one person that comes into church that day and they feel like they just can't connect with anyone, but there might be that one person you serve a cup of coffee to or a cup of tea or a biscuit and they just feel a little bit more included. They feel a little bit more loved. They, they just take a step closer to his church, his body, and, and, and going on in relationship with Jesus because you serve them a cup of coffee. When you stand at the door and you greet someone, you say, welcome to church, thanks for coming. What's your name? Oh, have you met this person? You're, you're greeting that person for the glory of God. So that person might know the love of Jesus, that they might step closer to Jesus, to, to discovering more about who he is. And I want to ask you, would you join us in this mission of giving glory to God? I'm going to ask wherever those things went. Can we hand them out? Just hand them down the, ro the rows. Every year we do this. We hand out bits of paper and ask, would you sign up? Have we got them? Did we find them? Oh, you've handed them out. You've got them? Oh, sorry. We need the other ones as well. <laughs> Good job, guys. Give me a hand. Well done. <laughs> can, we, can we grab them and pass them around? Thanks, guys. Will you join us in this mission? It's not just here at CFC. It's not just here at church. It's what you do through the week. You, know, you get paid to do a job. But in your job, let it be that you are there for the glory of God. We, we do all kinds of things, but let it be all for the glory of God. Let's serve people. Let's love people that they might know the truth about who Jesus is. Thank you, Lord. I was going to pray, but they're getting handed out. And then you mightn't pray with me. Let's just hand them out and then I'm going to pray. Actually, I just want to ask, maybe you've been doing something for three years and you're like, you know I do communion, Andrew. You know I do greeting. We want you to tick that box. And even as you tick that box, let it be an act of worship of saying, God, I do this for your glory and your glory alone. Maybe you've never tick the box. And I want to encourage you to say, what can I do, Lord, to be a part of what's happening at CFC? Maybe there's things on there that, 
the things that you do that aren't on there. Write it down and say, this is what I'm doing, Andrew, and I'm, I, I want to do it for God's glory. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%, but this is what I'm doing, Andrew. Write it down. Tick that box. Choose to commit to, to being a part of what God would do here in us at CFC. Let's pray. Well, God, I just thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you for the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands upon thousands of people who have died, that they have given their lives so that we could know this message of truth, that it is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that we can have salvation. God, we thank you for the awesome privilege that we have that we can be a kingdom of priests that can come into your presence, that can know your presence day by day. That, Lord, we can live for your glory. God, the privilege we have. We just want to say thank you. And, God, we ask that you would give us boldness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have given us to empower us to be your witnesses. And, Lord, we ask that in the year ahead that we might just be for your glory just that little bit more. Lord, that every day of our lives that we would be aware that we exist for your glory. That, Lord, you are worthy of our praise, that you are worthy of our lives. And, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing in us, and for what you're going to do. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come, and we're going to sing this song, this new song that we sang this morning, Glory in the Highest, on the day when... The shepherds were out in the fields and the angels came and said, Come and see this Saviour who's been born. The angels sang, Glory to God in the highest. God is the highest. God is God. He is worthy of our praise. I just want to ask if we would stand and we would sing this song, that we would commit our lives again and say, God, I want to live for you and for your glory in the highest. Let's stand.